Have you ever had the experience of being told what to do when actually it's you who is the expert in that area? Maybe you're a vet and you get dog owners coming into your surgery explaining to you exactly what sort of treatment their pet needs. Or maybe you're a mechanic and you can see for yourself that the alternator is broken and yet the customer keeps on saying to you, well, maybe we could just try changing the battery. Or maybe you're a fisherman and this carpenter comes up to you and says, maybe you should try fishing like this. If you've been with us over the last few weeks, we've been in Luke's Gospel and we've seen Jesus making some amazing claims to be the one sent by God to fulfil all of his promises. And it's not just what Jesus has said, he's backed it up with words as well. And here at the beginning of Luke chapter 5, uh, we've got this amazing story. If you've ever been in Sunday school, it's probably one you've coloured in for yourself or maybe even acted out. Jesus is by the lake. You've got the crowds gathering around to listen to him. Uh, but there are so many of them. How can they hear him? And there's no tech they can use. They can't just set up a microphone and a PA. They can't live stream it. What a relief that must be. Uh, but Jesus has a plan. He gets into Simon's boat. Simon was one of the fishermen there. And he gets him to, to put his boat out a little way from the beach. And with the natural bowl formed by the beach and the hills behind, Jesus is able to speak to the crowd and they can hear what he says. And then, when he's finished, he says to Simon, put out into the deep water and let down your nets for a catch. And verse 5 is an interesting verse, isn't it? I was chatting about it with a few of you earlier on this week, just trying to work out exactly what kind of tone of voice does Simon use as he replies to Jesus when he says, Master, we've worked hard all night and haven't caught anything. We can imagine that Simon is presumably pretty tired at this point. Uh, they've worked all night, it hasn't gone well. Uh, maybe you can relate to that. Night time uh, is the time for fishing in Galilee, apparently. That's when the fish are, are available. It's too hot in the day to do it. And it's Simon's job. He's been doing it for years. He's a professional. He knows how it works. And here's Jesus, a carpenter, telling the fishermen, how to fish. So I don't know if Simon sounded exasperated or maybe just weary, but he adds, because you say so, I will let down the nets. See, I don't know what Simon would have said to, to anybody else who'd come up with this crazy plan of going out to fish again uh, in the daytime, in the heat. I imagine they would probably have got a pretty short answer. But because it's Jesus and Simon spent some time with Jesus already, we know that. You may remember last week in chapter 4, it was Simon's mother-in-law who Jesus healed. And so he says to Jesus, because you say it, I will do it. And that's not the main point of our passage today, but actually that's a, a really good thing for us to remember whenever we come across something that Jesus says that perhaps we don't quite understand. Because you say it, Jesus, I will do it. It's a great expression of trust. And so, of course, he does, uh, along with his colleagues, they put out again into the lake, they let down the nets again. He goes along with this ridiculous fishing plan and they end up with more fish than they have ever caught before. So much we're told that their boats are almost sinking. It is an amazing story. But what does it have to say to me and to you? Well, to understand this, we need to look at Simon's reaction and we need to look at Jesus' response. So, first of all, Simon's reaction. 
And I want to say this is quite a different sort of miracle, isn't it, to the, to the ones that we've seen before over the last couple of chapters. Uh, when Jesus casts out demons, when he's healing the sick, he's meeting very obvious and desperate needs, isn't it? Now, I'm sure that landing this great catch of fish would have been a huge financial blessing for Simon and his colleagues. It's their livelihood. And uh, I guess it depended very much on what they were able to catch and when. And uh, a net full of fish would have stood them in good stead for some time to come. But Jesus wants us to see that there is another need. And it's just as desperate as the more obvious ones that he's been meeting. And yes, it does involve fishing. But first, look at what happens to Simon Peter. Look at his reaction in verse 8 to what Jesus has done. He doesn't say, wow, thank you, Jesus. That is just amazing, does he? Not at all. He says, go away from me, Lord, for I am a sinful man. Does that seem weird at all to you? Maybe a little bit unexpected. Go away from me, Lord. Does Simon not understand what Jesus has just done? Well, yes, he does understand. And it's because he now gets it, probably for the first time. It's because he understands that he reacts as he does. Notice, by the way, that his reaction is exactly the opposite of the crowd at the end of chapter 4. If you glance back to verse 42, uh, they want Jesus to stay. They want to see some more amazing things. They try to keep him from leaving but not Simon Peter. I guess before, perhaps he'd begun to understand that Jesus had authority uh, over sickness, over evil, all, over all of those things that we've been seeing, which is presumably why he goes along with Jesus' crazy fishing idea in the first place. He's learning something about Jesus, but now, now he really gets it. This Jesus can see into the depths of the lake and so he can presumably also see into the depths of Simon's heart. It's a pretty scary thought, isn't it? In chapter 4, Jesus said, if you remember, that he came for the captives, for the blind, for the poor, for the oppressed. And here is Simon Peter realising that actually that is him. He's all of those things. He's poor, he's blind, he's oppressed by his sin, he's captive to it. And he's here in the presence of the Holy God. And so his reaction makes perfect sense. In fact, it may be familiar. You may remember what happened to the prophet Isaiah. It's in the Old Testament. Uh, hundreds of years before. You can read about it in Isaiah chapter 6. When he sees the Lord on his throne. And Isaiah doesn't say, he's not thrilled. He doesn't say, oh come on Lord, more of it please. He says, woe to me. I am ruined. Well, the God who met Isaiah in the throne room of heaven is the same God who met Simon Peter in his boat on the lake. And his reaction, like Isaiah's, is the reaction of any sinner who realises who he is and that he's in the presence of God himself, the presence of holiness. Get away from me, Lord. It's the only possible reaction under the circumstances. Well, that is Simon's reaction. But here is Jesus' response, secondly, and it comes in two parts. First of all, in verse 10, as Jesus says to Simon Peter, don't be afraid. Words of comfort, words of reassurance. 
to a man who has just realised what a mess he is in. I guess the thing we need to ask is, well, can Jesus really say this? Because what Simon is realising is true. He isn't fit to enter God's presence. How can Jesus just, just wave that away as if it doesn't matter at all, as if it's not a problem? Well, actually, sneak preview here. In next week's passage, we're going to see Jesus go one step even further than this, as he says to another man, your sins are forgiven. How can Jesus do these things? How can he say them? Well, to be honest, Luke is kind of hanging the question there for us at this point. He's just dangling it and he's leaving it there. And it's a question which will keep on reoccurring through his gospel, right until the end when we see exactly what it is that Jesus has come to do as he goes to the cross to die and to the tomb to rise. To show Simon and all the others and you and me that he really can make outrageous statements like this. How actually he's come not just to deal with the temporary problems of the world like illness and blindness, but with our eternal problem of our separation from our Father God because of our sin. So he says to Simon, and he says to you, don't be afraid. And can I just say, if this is new to you, if this is something that perhaps you haven't really thought through before, if you're listening online to the service today and maybe thinking, I haven't met Jesus in that way for myself, then I'd love to encourage you to find out more. Do feel free to get in touch. Send me a message through the website. Give me a, a call. Um, or in fact, uh, my colleague Steve Ramsley, who's the vicar of St Catherine's in Houghton, just down the road, is beginning an online course just this coming week called Christianity Explored. And it's, it's exactly what it says. It's for people to find out more about what it means to meet Jesus. And you would be very welcome to join in with that. Give me a shout if you would like to know any more. But finally, there is a second thing that Jesus says here. Uh, he says, from now on, you will fish for people which does sound a little bit strange, uh, doesn't it? This is what he means. Uh, we've seen that Jesus has come to proclaim good news. If you glance back at chapter 4, verse 43, he says, I must proclaim the good news of the kingdom of God to the other towns. Now, he says to Simon, from now on, you're going to fish for people. And Simon and the others, they pull up their boats onto the beach, they leave everything, and they follow him. Again, next week, here's another trailer. We're going to meet someone else who this happens to, a tax collector called Levi. No one who meets Jesus and realises who he is remains the same. Um, so what should we do? And I'm speaking now to people, and I take it that's many of us who are joining in this morning, people who have met Jesus for ourselves. You know, do you need to go and resign from your job tomorrow? Well, perhaps that specific calling is for a few of us. But for many of us, the answer to that is no. That's not what it means. In fact, uh, later on in the New Testament, in 1 Corinthians 7, Paul says that on the whole, uh, we should stay in the same situation that we were in when we became Christians, when we were first called by Jesus, and we should serve him there. But of course, that doesn't mean that nothing changes. And in fact, the biggest danger is if we become Christians, but then it doesn't seem to have any impact or not very much on our lives at all. Um, I know that for some people, not Simon Peter, but for many today, fishing is a hobby. That probably applies to some of you. If I'm honest, 
I've never really got it. I just don't see the attraction. Uh, but I know that for, for many people, including, as you will know, a former vicar of this parish, fishing is something to be taken pretty seriously. Um, but even if you're John Barrett, it is still just a hobby, isn't it? The problem is that for some people, Christianity is like that. It's got a place in their lives, might even have quite a big place in terms of time. But it isn't life-changing. It's just one of the things that they do. But what we see here in Luke chapter 5 is Jesus calling people to make a different sort of commitment. One that involves leaving everything else to prioritise following him. He's come to give his life to meet our greatest need. And people need to hear about this. And he calls us to get on with the fishing. So we need to leave everything. It may be that your address stays the same. Maybe that your day job remains the same as it was before. But your priorities could not be more different. God has put you here. And if you've ever asked God the question, why have you put me in Thurnby? Or why have you put me in Leicester? Wherever it is. Are we ready to serve him with the time that we have here in this place? And I guess if he calls us at some point to move on somewhere else, maybe in a year or two to be part of a church plant in a different place, are we prepared to consider that sort of thing? Like Peter, if we've met Jesus, then he's taken us to our lowest point and shown us what we are. But he's taken us then to the highest point. He lifts us up as he says, don't be afraid. Follow me. Come on, there's fishing to do.